This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. Welcome to Open for Business. I'm Roshan Kanesan, and in an hour, we've got her vantage with Frida Liu, speaks with Sagri Sardin, the president and CEO of Mercedes Benz Malaysia for a International Women's Day special. But right now, though, we're taking a look at insurance. It's a business that's generally considered something that is sold and not bought. But can tech change that? Well, Malik Ali and his InsurTech Firelife are certainly banking on this. Firelife was born out of an acquisition of the life insurance business, distribution business of You for Life around five years ago. Now, they're no longer just a distributor of other companies' products. They are now building and distributing their own. You may have noticed their ads around town shouting out that they've got the cheapest life insurance for women. So today on Open for Business, I speak with Malik Ali, founder of Firelife, about the journey of the last five years and why they've gone into underwriting their own insurance products. Malik, welcome to the show. Good morning, Roshan. So Malik, first things first, this isn't your first rodeo. Mm. Um, you, you're considered part of the founding team over at Job Street. Then you went and started BFM Media. Uh, and now you've entered the insurance space with Firelife. Um, I'm sure there is a method to the madness in all of this, but that's a conversation for another day. For now, tell us why you've entered the insurance space. First, as, the, as a distributor, as I mentioned, and now as an underwriter. Yeah. So um, initially, I guess the first starting point was um, when I was a young, um, I was a father of young children. Uh, my daughter was first born and I was looking for something that, you know, I was at the time, you know, still uh, struggling a little bit financially, but looking for something um, that can help that can help provide for my family. If something were to happen to me, I was the sole breadwinner of the family at the time. And I remember it was really, really difficult <laughs> to get someone just to just speak plainly to me about about what can I can do. Everyone that came to me, I, I can smell I can smell when people are selling to me. I mean that's that's a life of entrepreneur, right? People sell to you, you sell to people. And everyone I met who who professed to be a financial advisor are literally selling. I mean, mm. you know, um so I was like, hang on a second. I and, and a lot of what they're selling does not seem to make sense. It was just like, you know, they read some product specs and so on. So to me there is this definitely that it is an industry that I thought was mm, full of like full of sales talk. Right for disruption. Right, yeah, and right for disruption. They need, uh, I think it needed, I needed at least at the time, someone to tell me the plain facts. And, you know, and I'm, I'm fairly analytical, you know, um, and just, just let me know what I need and what I don't need and, and take it from there rather than, you know, sort of trying to sell me on everything and anything under the sun. So you felt that it was people making a bit too complex than it was needed to? For sure. Um, you know, have you seen a sales illustration policy? Yes. <laughs> a sales illustration of, I mean, you're a, you're a CFP. Uh, you're a licensed financial planner, Roshan. I was once yeah, upon you a was, time. No, you, I think you still are. Uh, uh, but, um, but, you know, if you look at a sales illustration policy, okay, I'm a Harvard MBA and I, I graduated top. <laughs> even as a lawyer, I graduated top in accounting at Bristol University, okay, for my year. I look at a sales illustration policy and I pause Right, I pause for a while, and then the next thing I do is I try to make the numbers add up. I can tell you, I cannot make the numbers add up. Mm. I, so I always ask people, pass me the spreadsheet so I can see your formulas and everything. No, no, no. Everyone gives me this nice iPad thing. Oh, it's everything's pre-programmed, and the numbers do not add up. You know, the left column, right column, you add it all because something's you know taken away here, taken away. Oh yeah, but it depends on this. There's you know there's uh, one one set of agents commission, and then there's a, a, a higher level agents commission. I'm like, wow, um, you know, tough. So I just wanted, um, so that was my experience. And I guess, although it didn't make me want to go into industry yet, uh, I, I thought, 
something had to be done about this at some point by someone. And by doing something is you you went into the space and you started distributing life and medical insurance products underwritten by other people at that point. You had yeah. other uh, insurance so companies. I didn't, um, we, Fire Life didn't come to, to being um, out of thin air. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a company. So I had this in my background going that things are f- very complicated, uh, hard, uh, complex. And then there was this company that, um, that started advertising with BFM, um, a company called You for Life. Right, um, I, di- I didn't know at the time, but they were at the time owned by uh, Hanover Re and a software company called Intel- Intelligent Life, and they broke into the Malaysian market. The um, Tokyo Marine was the uh, was the um, the product that they 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 distributed, uh, Tokyo Marine Life Insurance Malaysia, and they broke into the market and they advertised on BFM. I thought, oh my gosh, fantastic! Someone finally is bringing something so simple um, into the market. Which is basically, you know, and they were, I think they were, I mean, they brought, they introduced really the publicized, I'm not sure that they, I don't think they're the first term life product in Malaysia, but certainly they were the first one, in my knowledge at least, that that publicized it. A very simple product, not linked to any investment. They just say, look, you know, you want to protect your family, you want to make, um, here's, here's, uh, here's one million ringgit if, sorry, I think it was 500,000 at the time. Here's 500,000 ringgit if you, if something happens to you, right? If you if you die, if you suffer total permanent disability, here's here's five thousand ringgit, and you know, and for your family, very simple, and to me, indeed, even as as you know, I do complicated spreadsheets on businesses and things like that. But my like my life insurance is very very simple. So primarily, not not primarily, you only sold in, uh, term life insurance products after the you took over the business. Um, what? And now you're underwriting your own policies, but give us a general overview right now of your offerings. What's the product mix looking like? For product mix is basically life insurance. That means um, if something happens, I mean, if you die, if you as a breadwinner die, your family needs something, needs a, a sum of money to take care of themselves for, you know, to, to, to support your kids until they get to university, until they can work, until, they, until they're financially, well, financially, until they're independent. Um, second one, um, you need uh, something for disability. Disability is actually sometimes worse than dying. Right. Not only do you have to support your, your family lose a breadwinner, but you need care for yourself. Mm-hmm. And I think that is that to me is my biggest, um, actually that's my biggest thing. So you need something for disability. So we have something called total and permanent disability, which is attached to life insurance. The third thing, as you get as you get um, older, I think you we need to look at things like critical illness, right? So, you know, there, there are there's cancer, there's stroke, there's heart attacks, there's you know a, a number of things. So at Fire Life, we we, we we have a product that covers you for thirty nine critical illnesses. That means if anything anything of those happen, you get an advanced payment of uh, up and the I think it's about two hundred fifty thousand ringgit up to that, right? So that's the three main products that we have um, that that we that we that we market. Right, and those are the three products that you also underwrite yourself currently. Yes, that's right. Yep. You also still sell medical insurance, correct? Yes, we do. Uh, our sister company, uh, Fi Select, um, actually sort of you know because we want to, uh, we you know we can't do everything all at once. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, that's a nice movie. <laughs> <laughs> that's a nice movie. Ti- that's a nice title. We can't do everything all at once. So I think we focus first on underwriting the life side, and then on the medical side, um, our sister company, Fi Select, uh, distributes a product from Axa Afin now. They will soon be called. Um, they were bought over by Generali, but the product is the same, and that's for medical insurance. So we do that for them as well. 
Now, insurance, as I mentioned in the introduction, is consider, generally considered something that's sold, not bought, right? People don't wake up in the morning and think, I want to buy insurance today, mm-hmm. um, which has led to this perception, whether fair or not, that digital businesses might struggle to gain traction and grow. What has been the biggest challenge from the day you decided you wanted to enter the insurance industry? Yeah. So, you know, I, I wanted to disrupt that that um, that maxim, right? Uh, insurance is sold and not bought. Um, but actually, it's it's true. You know, mm. it's not easy, right? I mean, you can't just put a product in front of someone and expect that person to buy. You know, so um, so I I I think after five years uh, of being <laughs> a distributor, I I, I come to, to the conclusion that this is yeah, it, it is certainly the case. Now, the only so I guess we're we're kind of like, you know, pivoting a little bit now. The pivoting is that no, still no agency force, but we do realize that insurance at some point needs to be also be sold, right? But let's let marketing not sales, let marketing do a bit of the heavy lifting. Meaning, cheapest life insurance for women, guaranteed. That's a marketing statement, that's a positioning, and that's a product statement, right? So let let marketing do some of the heavy lifting. And then people say, oh, okay, that's interesting. Uh, I want to find out more. And that's when, you know, you either WhatsApp us or call in. Usually people like to WhatsApp and just say, hey, what's this about? Come to our website and, you know, sort of, uh, we can have a chat on the website. And then our team, which is not, they're not agents, they are customer. Um, they are customer reps. Then go on to the process of educating, right? And then you know if, in, if the customer likes it, then they can maybe nudge the customer towards buying. So that's the idea. So there is still some element of selling, but not after a period of marketing, uh, product knowledge, some education. And then understanding your needs, you know, oh, you're you're 20 years old, you don't have any dependents. Um, it's okay, you don't need any. We, 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 we actually say to our customer teams, right, don't say, don't sell a life insurance to that person. That person has no dependents, there's no point. But sell them disability, right? If they want disability, for example, just in case that's for sure, um, sell them medical insurance for sure, right? So so really look at the customer needs and then and then talk to them. So in, so the I think the adage of insurance is sold and not bought is still there, but I think we want marketing and we want product to carry a bit of the heavy lifting. Cheapest life insurance is one of those, it's just one of those um, uh, for women and actually also cheap for, uh, cheapest for men, 35 to 45 as well, <laughs> not to exclude men on this International Women's Day. But, um, but what I'm trying to say is that, yes, we so get that out, but we do, do, do need to do a bit of persuading as well. What's been the most effective acquisition channel for you guys right now? Interestingly, radio. Um, you know, it's uh, we we looked at our um, customer funnels and so and so on. We look at Google Analytics and see where people come from. Um, the the biggest purchases of insurance, I think, we went. You know, even we advertise on Facebook, on you know, digital advertising, and so on. Um, not much, not, not much uh, traction from there. But people who come in and say Fi Life and type in Fi Life on the Google search bar. Right, those guys buy, right? Um, when they type Fire Life, so we know that if you type Fire Life, that means you're hearing us from somewhere. Either at the time we were doing webinars, we're doing um, we're doing billboard. Uh, not at the time um, when we're doing radio. We did this about two years ago when we did radio. We were advertising in radio a lot because search is, in, is a method of intent, right? Essentially, that's right. Yeah. So you so, type in Fire Life. Yeah. But if you typed in if you typed in uh, life insurance and you got us, that that I know it comes from Google, right? Mm-hmm. But there's our search keywords and all that. But actually, people type in F I. L I F E, right? Or F I. And that and that, that that gets to us. And those guys convert. Those guys buy. Now Malik, a lot more to talk about. Up next, was the plan always to get into underwriting, or did this come about because the distribution wasn't performing as expected? Stick around to find out. I'm Roshan Kanison, keeping here to BFM 89.9. Be free minded. 
BFM 89.9. You're now listening to Open for Business. I'm Roshan Kainasan, and this morning I'm speaking with Malik Ali, founder of Malaysian insurtech startup Filife. Malik, a month ago, actually to the day, we got the press release that announced that Firelife uh, were going to launch their first self-underwritten life insurance product available online. The thing is, distribution and manufacturing are two very different businesses. What's the rationale here for entering the BNM, the Bank Negara sandbox to then create and underwrite insurance products? Yeah, so I think what we wanted to do was to remove ourselves from the cost, mm. meaning we were distributing another uh, uh, Tokyo Marine Life Insurance products and uh, our sister company still does one particular one. But I think we wanted to remove that one, the distribution layer, right? I, sometimes when I, when I market online, I'm like, hey, I am, I am the, I could, I'm part of the problem here. I am a di- distribution layer. So remove ourselves from that. So basically that means uh, taking out a certain portion of the cost out of the system, right? out of the, the, the price that the product uh, that the customer pays. Secondly is a flexibility. I, I can't imagine going any insurer in Malaysia right now, if I were to go to them as a distributor, going to them and say, hey, please give me a guarantee. Lah. Please give me a guarantee on uh, the, your, your premiums, please. Can, and, you know, um, and refund the difference if another, if another insurance company does better. Right? So I, I, I can't imagine going to anyone, anyone saying yes to that. Malik, are you crazy? Right? <laughs> so, but with, you know, with these two elements where we, could, we can take out the distribution layer, uh, I, I guess there's no agents at all. And then, that's, then that could be about 40%, not us, but other agents could charge 40% per year for the first three years. And you take out that layer out and then you also have, then, then you, it also enables you to do that premium, sort of that premium leadership um, in terms of like, hey, we are the most competitive in the market for women. Um, and then you can guarantee it. So all those allows us, we can only do that if we were, as you in your, uh, if you, in your words, a manufacturer. I mean, that's a very industry term. Yeah. But I guess if you're an insurer, right? I mean, if you're underwriting it yourself. Yeah. Now, the thing with this, Malik, is the fact that um, you're taking a lot more risk and accountability when you start manufacturing insurance products, yes. right? You've got to underwrite all this. You've got to yes. calculate the risk, which is very different from just selling someone else's product. Correct. Um, how did you go? How did you get started doing this? Because this is not as simple as going to someone or buying another business and doing it. Yes. So I think the most important thing is um, um, first regulatory, right? I mean, we needed to go to Banagara and apply for the apply and give us a, them persuade them the rationale for doing this uh, for allowing someone to uh, be a participant in a sandbox to sell life insurance, and we had to put safeguards around around that. Um, what are the safeguards? One of the biggest things that we have, and it's it's a great safeguard, right? Which is basically, yeah, who is Fire Life, right? I mean, you know, so, sure, you know, um, <laughs> we're not billionaires, right? So how can, we're not Warren Buffett, right? So we can that, that can underwrite insurance and things like that. So the, one of the biggest safeguards is to have a reinsurer behind us, right? A reinsurer who will pay most of the claims if claims come through, and and we happen to get the third largest reinsurer in the world, right? And they buy, buy assets. That's a Hanover Re, um, based in Hanover, Germany. Um, and and they underwrite, basically, they reinsure. So they don't underwrite. We underwrite and we reinsure it with them. So that if claims, claims come in, we pay, a, we pay some, but Hanover repays most, right? So that's the that's the idea behind behind that. So having so that's the thing, you know, be, moving from uh, moving from being a distributor to we need to have um, to a manufacturer to an underwriter. We need to have 
um, uh, the, the, the safeguards. In this case, we have to put in place the safeguards. We, um, Benagara looked at our safeguards and said, okay, and you have a certain amount of capital within the company, regulatory capital, a certain amount of uh, funds to, make, to, to cover claims, or at least our portion of claims, and then we're on. So um, maybe I'm mis- not misconstruing. So it, long story short, you've insured your own insurance policies here. To a certain, that, I mean, you know, in layman's, term, to, in layman's terms, right? Yeah. So we reinsured it. Yes. Yeah. Um, now that may help with some of the potential hesitance that you know potential customers may have. Like you said, it's not like, oh, yeah, it's a new company. Like how much do I really know about this? You know, people may still be thinking about 2008, where finance financial institutions went down. Or if you go further back to the Asian financial crisis, some of those echoes may still be there. Yeah. So you've gone through and uh, reinsurer here to help with that mitigating mm. factor along with a bunch of other safeguards. So what is your role then uh, as FireLife, as this, uh, the underwriter here? If you're essentially having someone else help you underwrite the risk, what are you doing in the middle? So for us, it's the it's a product creation, right? Now, creating products for markets and, and in ways and you know um, and product features that, that makes it attractive, makes it easier for customers, give you the example the guarantee right i mean that's you know that's our that's our um creation right mm-hmm. the guarantee to say hey if you're a woman under 55 we guarantee you the cheapest life insurance if not we will refund the difference so that is part of product features and product creation and i think there are a lot of in in the pipeline there are a number of products that i like to introduce in the market however our in for our for the next year i like to focus on proving to bangara that we're worthy and we are great product uh, for this basic products we can we can we can we can market it we can sell it and consumers would like to want it i think that's my my this this year's objective but if we are then allowed to say okay um and there is a regular um, right, right now there's a regular framework for basically for digital insurance and takaful operators coming up in the next year if we are allowed to part, to be one of them or you know we are proved to be one of them then there's a whole pipeline of things i would love to do um and introduce to the market and you know to a certain extent to a large extent <laughs> and that's my theme right and to in a way disrupt the market for all disrupt the market for, for not just insurance but how but how insurance play a part in just our general financial uh this financial services that we have in you know including investments earlier you mentioned um you know you've gone from distribution to manufacturing now and it essentially is a bit of a pivot um so was was it always part of your longer term plans to go into underwriting or did this come about because you felt that the distribution business wasn't as maybe wasn't as attractive as you, as you thought it was going to be? Yeah. So we always had that as an option. You know, basically, let's. You know, we started off. I, I wanted to get a foothold into the industry, um, and when U for Life came up for sale, I said that's a great foothold. Um, but and then let's get our feet wet and understand understand this and nothing better than understanding than you know sort of <laughs> being being a, a player yourself and then you realize what the issues are and so on. I mean, I realize that hey, it's not a marketing game. It's not a digital marketing game for life insurance, right? It could be for general, but it's not general insurance, but not for 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 life insurance. So learnings of that and it suddenly thought, okay, these are the options that we have. As okay, we can remain a distributor or we can go into underwriting. And it's very clear that in terms of the proposition, the, as I said before, the flexibility, the product, uh, the ability to create interesting products, the ability to, to put product features like guarantees, all that points towards us being an underwriter is the is the place where we want to we want to play. You have the flexibility. We can, you know, can you imagine there's so, there's so many things that are going to come up with all this, you know, digital banks and you know uh, aggregate um, and you know super apps and all that, and being able to be flexible enough to 
to be able to cater for some of this sort of, um, you know, sort of uh, very new and novel ways of doing things. I think that's, you need to be, I guess, a product creator. Now, you used um, entering the distribution as a way to enter the market, mm-hmm. basically. But you did acquire the Youthful Life business. Yes. Um, now you've pivoted over, that was a distribution business. Has that ROI paid off or is it just part of business of like, you know, we have to make this move? Yeah, so the ROI paid off on that. Basically, within the first year, I mean, um, within the first year, the revenues from uh, what we received from um, from policies mm-hmm. that actually we bought, we bought the book, right? I mean, you know, yeah. um, so all the revenue that we 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 there was an paid, existing business yeah, paid, paid for the acquisition cost. So that in a way, that's that uh, the business paid for for itself. Um, what I guess the, the next phase is like okay to get um, the next phase now is to create um, enough of a demand and for our own unwritten product so that, you know, actually the demand is more, our insurance industry is a long-term industry. Um, We're talking about, you know, when I submit business plans to Banagara, it's a 10-year business plan. Mm -hmm. It's not five years. You know, most other businesses is five years. But for financial services, it's a 10-year business plan. And we have a trajectory. And the trajectory is reasonable. It's It's not crazy. It's not like, oh, you know, promise the world. It's a realistic trajectory. And we're on that track right now, even in the first month. I think we've got about 20 seconds left yep. here. Um, based on your models, uh, what are your expectations for the potential growth of the self-underwritten business, the life side? Um, it really depends. For, for the first year, the, the, the question about growth is all about the number of policies that we can that we can generate, that we can generate and issue. Um, that is the main KPI that we've given to Bayanagara. Up next is being the cheapest, a sustainable long-term strategy for Fire Life. Find out after the 10.30am news bulletin. I'm Roshan Kanesan. Keep it here to BFM 89.9. Bright, formidable media. BFM 89.9. The Business Station. Welcome back to Open for Business. I'm Roshan Kanesan and this morning I've been speaking with Malik Ali, founder of Firelife, a Malaysian digital insurance player, uh, InsurTech. Now, Malik, we've talked a lot about how you started in the business um, and why you've gone into the self the self-underwritten policies. Um, with that, and we've talked about this a little bit, you've come up with a big marketing campaign, something you didn't do with the distribution business. You've gone to billboards, uh, which I see on the way to work every day. Um, now, you, you're big claim here is that you've got the cheapest life insurance for women and some men. Uh, talk to me about the decision to target the campaign at women here. Was this always part of the plan or incidental after you developed the insurance products? Yeah. So it's interesting when we looked, um, again, as part of product creation, uh, you have to also think about the pricing. And what we realized is that, you know, um, uh, when we got our rates from our reinsurers and all that, there was, uh, women were seen as, um, we, the, the premiums for women, for the reinsurance rates for women were actually lower than men. Mm. Um, you know, for, um, and for good reason. I think at certain age groups, at most age groups actually, um, age to age, women take less risks than men. You know, we are men, we like our cars, we like our motorbikes and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> not to not to stereotype anyone, yeah. but but women are generally, hey, you know, that those things are not that, you know, generally speaking, lah, you know, it's, uh, not, those things are not so uh, prevalent. And, we, we, and, they t- and generally speaking, also they take less risks. So in that sense, um, you know, I, and obviously when you look at uh, those sort of uh, mortality rates and incidence rates and all that, women are... You know, sort of less incidents, lah. So I think in that sense, um, we we took took that and say, hey, how can we then, if women are the sort of less risky, why not let's transfer that you know that advantage that they have, you know, that sort of that that 
why not we give the value of that, the benefit of that back to them, right? Back to women. So that's how we came up with like cheapest life insurance for women because we don't try to you know, equalize it, you know. So because if, there's a, if you equalize it, you know, the men, basically women are subsidizing the men, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, let's, you know, but let's say, let's, let's go on that. And actually, hey, it's not a bad idea to really bang on the fact in marketing that you're cheapest for women. They, why not create a positioning around that? Since it's the product and the pricing, all that favors women anyway, why not we take, you know, instead of trying to aim for everything for everyone, right? Uh, let's aim for the women segment and say, let's, let's build a product for you that is at least for the time being where price is the price is the main feature as well as the guarantee being the main feature. That's not to say that we don't have good rates for men as well. I think if you look at our rates for men, it's very, very competitive. But just in terms of segmentation and, and people's minds, right, that we can say, hey, the focus is, the focus is on women. Um, and that's why we say, and some men too, <laughs> but the focus is on women. I think we had, we had a lively discussion on this amongst the, you know, we have some um, uh, fantastic marketers uh, within, our, uh, within our teams, uh, within our investor group. Right? We have fans, they're, they're great marketers, one of whom is, uh, you know, was the former founder of Silky Girl brand mm-hmm. who marketed to women all the time. And everyone, everyone who was in the marketing area, not the finance side, uh, the marketing area was all saying, yes, do this, segment it, go for it. There is a perception in the marketing world that women are the chief purchasing officers of the household, right? Yeah. Um, so, but do you think that's going to translate over to a financial product like insurance? Yeah. So, actually, although they're chief financial officer of the household, they're not necessarily the chief uh, financial officer of financial services products, mm-hmm. right? And I think I had some stats um, from ADB, Asian Development Bank, from uh, things that that actually, um, you know, the penetration rates of things like you know bank accounts and all that is lower for women than it is for men, right? However, however, we we like. I think um, women are right now. I mean, if you were to again stereotype uh, in a, in a household um, where it's like you know spouses, there's two spouses, there's kids. Women are definitely influencers, right? Hey, you know, we need. They will say we need insurance. We, have you got insurance yet? Have we got insurance yet? And maybe they go for if they're breakers, they go for it themselves. But sometimes I think uh, quite often they also ask their spouse to get the insurance and sometimes figure out the analysis and all that. But it is. But we like women to, you know, and, and in the spirit of today as well, I think women should step, uh, women are stepping up mm-hmm. and should continue to step up to say, hey, all this, um, we need to get involved in that decision as well. Because again, um, you know, women, and it's shown also in the OCBC study in Singapore that when women um, are read up about things, they make better decisions than men in financial financial uh, financial services area, right? In fact, they make better investors once they are, um, once they step over the breach in terms of like educating themselves about it, right? Um, if you don't, then, uh, because the, the nature of women, uh, nature, again, the same thing like we had about car accidents and things like that, women are less risky and, you know, don't take, don't get- Based kind on of, the current data. Yeah, yeah. based on current data, they, they're less risky and therefore, you know, they tend to make better long-term financial decisions once they are literate, right? Uh, with it, like, um, when men in the same situation, uh, it will actually take more risk, and high, you know higher, you know high risk, high you know high high risk, high reward, but also uh, uh, um, uh, higher higher chances of maybe a yeah. significant level of overconfidence as well. Exactly. Um, Malik, 
it's been a month since you've launched this big marketing campaign. Yep. Um, what kind of numbers can you share with us in terms of maybe search and search results? You know, you were talking a bit about radio being uh, and search being a proxy for that kind of success. Yes. Have you seen a jump in numbers over the last month? Yes, we have. I think you know um, it, the, the numbers have jumped since. I mean, we we have a comparison between our distribution business uh, that happened in the month before or the months before. We're about three x of our distribution business so far. Right? And conversion so, rates. Conversion rates is um, conversion rates are actually higher than than what we have. I think because again the I guess prior to prior to um, us becoming our own uh, underwriting ourselves, uh, prior to that I think our premiums were higher. Um, we can't offer the guarantee. Um, now that we can offer the guarantee, there's a segmentation and the premiums are actually the cheapest for women under 55 and for men 35 to 45 as well. Interestingly, you know, men, uh, women, I think it's about 55% uh, our our policy, the people who bought in the last month, 55% were women hmm. and 45% were men, uh, which is actually, it's, you know, although we're targeting women, men are coming on board as well, right? Because when they look and they compare, hey, you know, this is, we're cheap for men 35 to 45 too. Which is the power of branding and marketing. Yeah. Um, how much more of a margin here do you make versus the distribution only model? Um, I, I think uh, significantly more, right? Um, it uh, it is because we are. You know, can you imagine? There's vertical integration as well. Right? Yeah, I mean, if, I mean, it's uh, it, it is. I, I can just say it's significantly more. It's a diff- it's a different business altogether. Um, because I think when we were under the agency model, um, you know, it, it is still significant. Um, you know, when we are sort of the you know the the online partners of uh, of 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 insurance companies, um, but the fact that now we can. You know, we don't have that distrib- that distribution layer. Uh, we, you know, and uh, the margins are significantly higher. Now, th- being the cheapest is a great marketing tagline to get attention, right? Either cheapest, mm. fastest, easiest. Yep. Now, being the cheapest though could eventually lead to a fight for the bottom for prime for premiums, essentially, right? Yes. In order to acquire customers, yep. especially with other digital players coming into the space, whether it's Dear Time or Policy Street, uh, the Ditto framework will definitely bring more players into the space. Yep. Is this a sustainable strategy for Fire Life in the long term? No, it's not. You know, so I've never been a believer in price being your only competitive only competitive feature or weapon, right? Um, um, so for me, price is yes. That is the let's start with good value pricing, good a good base, and then from there you build on other competitive features, right? For example, I think the biggest thing is you know um, areas of customer service. I think those kinds of things are really really hard to replicate, right? You say you know if I wanted, I was at I was a a young product manager at <laughs> Maxis once, right? So we were like in those days. It was the days of SMS, right? Here's here's the thing about price. So when where we so we worked like two months on price, right? Oh, let's change our SMS pricing to this from fifteen cents to ten cents, right? So one day we said we did this big bang thing, right? You know what, look, we're gonna we're gonna launch this price where you know SMS is five cents. I can't remember what the exact figure was, right? It's five cents, which was lower than DG at the time, was, right? It was a big difference. It was a big difference, right? Mm-hmm. So five cents, right? And then you know, so we all prepared, we all psyched up, and we went out on Friday with the marketing campaign, cheapest um, um, uh, SMS, da da da, at five cents, whatever it is, right? Digi responded the next day, right? <laughs> We're cheaper than Maxis, right? Okay. And so it's so to me that's really really obvious, right? You can't. Um, um, that's not price is not a sustainable sustainable feature that you can hold for long. There are bound to be cheaper insurers out there, cheaper uh, things you can take. A, you can take a view. You can lower your margins, etc., etc. Right? But it is an a first. It's a first level to uh, to achieve a certain value price. 
And then beyond that, we have to fo- we have to kind of like compete on other fronts. Product is important. I think in insurance, making it simple, product is really, really important. You have too complex a product, um, you know, get to the simplicity. Um, second is, again, uh, the, the customer service, uh, for in, which includes claims, for example. How fast you respond to claims? Uh, are you, you know, are you providing that kind of like, you know, is, is your tone more like defensive or are you sure you, you know, are you sure this person died? You know, as opposed to like, <laughs> hey, I'm really sorry that this happened. Um, can you pass us a death certificate? Everything, we can process everything for you, right? That's the kind of thing. I mean, that's the, that, that, that kind of thing you can't, uh, you can't do overnight. You have to, you know, there's training, there's also empathy, recruiting the right folks with empathy. And then there's also things like marketing that helps along the way, but marketing also can be replicated, et cetera. So to me, it's a whole package. Uh, price is just that initial one and you set the bar. But then after this, you know, if you were to ask me tomorrow, hey Malik, uh, someone came in with, uh, with, a, with a cheaper product, are you going to match them? I probably, in honesty, I'll probably say no. I won't match them. We've, that means we've done our work already, right? That means we're cheaper than at least 40%. Sometimes we're cheaper than 30 to 40% markets. If everyone comes down to our level, okay, that's good. That's fine. We've, we've shook the market. We've done what, what the regulators wanted us to do to a certain extent to make sure that it's competitive, the market's competitive, but then we compete on other areas. Up next, we'll talk about competing with insurance agencies and Firelife's funding plans going forward. I'm Roshan Kurnison. Keep it here to BFM 89.9. Bulldozing Fine Measures, BFM 89.9, The Business Station. You're now listening to Open for Business. I'm Roshan Kanesan and joining me in the studio this morning is Malik Ali, founder of Malaysian InsurTech startup, Firelife. Malik, before I get into the rest of my questions, we do have a WhatsApp here uh, from uh, uh, who says, Good morning, Malik. I'm 71 with bad health history. Do I qualify for your products? Uh, thank you. Um Anything you can share here? Yeah, I think this is, the, I guess, to a certain extent, it's important to get you know, people. So you need to get insurance when you're younger. And that's mm-hmm. really, really important because what happens is that when you're older, your premiums get uh, get to be very, very expensive and unaffordable. I'll be very, very frank with that. Um, so when if you're 71, uh, you won't qualify for fire life insurance. I think we, you know, um, the there is sort of maximum ages, right? Because I think the idea about, um, the idea is that when we, when if we get, you know, if everyone comes in relatively, you know, when I say young, I say, you know, 30s and 40s. And at least what happens is a pool of people. And out of this out of this pool, this cohort group, some will have a, a bad health incident. And then you can get the premiums for others to pay. That's the, that's the business, right? You can pay the premiums for others to, to pay for the unfortunate person. But I'm really sorry. In your case, I think this guy um, is Pochi, right? Um, in, I think in your situation, you have a bad health history. Um, and and also your 71, um, it, 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 it's very hard to, to insure you, for any insurer uh, to insure you. Um, and I think that's why we really need, um, you know, all this, we do need a fallback. And the fallback is it must be a good public health system that can help you, you know, sort of get there. And a health, good public health system also means where you can get care quickly, um, you know, depending on the urgency and things like that. So I think that's what with the balance between government and private sector. Private sector, we can pull risks, but we can only pull risks in a certain way. But there's some parts where we cannot pull risks, such as in your case. And that's where we need the, the government sector to come in and give efficient public services. Thanks for that, Malik. Um, now, one of the biggest challenges in the insurance business, particularly for digital players, is that the insurance business is competing. You've got to compete with the agency forces out there. Yep. Uh, and they've got deep relationships, sometimes over generations of a family uh, and with their, and that they've built with their client base. I know people who have the same agent as their parents or even their grandparents. 
Now, is it worth Firelife's time and money to try and acquire these customers? Or is your time and marketing budget better spent elsewhere, like on the underinsured? Um, so I think the time, um, our, so we, we, when we segment markets, right, um, there, is a, there is an answer for people who've gone through agents, right? And the simple answer is top up, top up with Firelife. Because for, for if, if, you, if the kind of products that you, were so, that you were sold really, I can, for all that I've seen, I mean, you know, I've seen a lot of insurance policies. I, I bet that basically... Um, uh, your protection is very, very, not that much, 100,000, 200,000, and the rest is parked into an in the investment link site, which is expensive, etc. But you only have probably about protection about $200,000. It's rare that I see that, you know, uh, unless you, know, go, you go to a private banker or something like that, where protection is in the sort of hundreds of thousands as opposed to 200,000. So my, my message to people who have already uh, good agents, uh, you know, agents who serve them and things like that, top up with Firelife. Top up because you can get, you know, if you're if you're a 30 year old woman, you've got already something, you can get up to a million ringgit with only 60 ringgit a month, hmm. right? And you're probably paying about 300, 400, more even, right? But for 60 ringgit a month, you can top it, top it up for another million to cover to cover for your things, right? So that's my message to people who have good serving agents. And you can ask agents to kind of like look us up and ask ask them about Fire Life. Ask them and see what they respond. If they respond is like, oh, you know, if you know, this is just then just see how 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 defensive they are. If they're not defensive, if they actually agree with you that you should top up with Fire Life, then you know they're genuine agents. Have you seen any success um, with this, you know, in this area, like acquiring clients who have existing policies and uh, agents servicing them? So I have had feedback to pay. people say, yes, that's actually, that's a really grand idea. I haven't tracked it to see whether they've mm. actually made the purchase, right? So I haven't tracked to say, you know, I haven't been able to track it to say, does this message work for that group of people or not? I hope, I hope it does, right? So we're still in our first month, so we'll see. But the other segment uh, are new segments. What we notice is that there are a lot of um, savvy, um, uh, young, when I say young, we're talking about people in their 30s, millennials, as well as, you know, uh, particularly millennials, right, who are doing, people like you, Roshan, right, who are doing their own research, or who are doing their own thing, going, hey, you know, what's this, why is, you know, is there something better out there, right? Put it on chat GPT, right? Ask, <laughs> put it in chat GPT and say, hey, which is better, term life insurance or what is the cheapest form of insurance, uh, life insurance that I can have? What insurance should I have? Type in those questions. What insurance do I, do I need? I'm, th- I'm 25 years old. I'm 28 years old. I have two kids. What insurance do I need, right? So um, type those things in. And then there's a lot of learning that comes out of it, right? And then you will see that, what people say about the kind of insurance that we sell, term life insurance, it's very, very affordable because we only focus on one and one thing only, protection, giving you X amount, a million ringgit, if something were to happen to you for your dependents, for your family, for your kids to finish off studying, for your, or if you are supporting your parents, for your, for your, for your parents to have something to, uh, a, pot of, a pot of money for them they can, they can survive on. Now, Malik, I want to talk a little bit about funding and growth, right? Because you're still very early. As you said, you just, this has been one month, you do self-underwriting policies. Yep. Um, funding can be a powerful fuel for growth. How much have you raised in the past and how much are you looking to raise in the future? Yeah, so we've raised to basically fund us for the next, uh, for the next whilst we're in the sandbox period, right? So that's what we've raised. Um, and the idea is that we, um, you know, uh, we are, you know, sort of able to, one, um, there's, there's a regulatory uh, capital within that. Um, there's also you know, to pay to pay off claims, um, you know, and and you know we 
and as we said, we reinsure, we insure a majority of that risk, right? So we don't need the whole line. So, so if someone brings a million dollar claim, it's not that we have to pay a million ringgit. We don't, right? We just pay a po- small portion of that and then we reinsure the risk. So this is a very, very definitely an interim funding component until one becomes a, you know, if one successfully applies to become, you know, either digital insurer, I think there's a, there's kind of like, there's an exposure draft out there right now that requires a 40 million regular, um, 40 million paid up capital uh, for a certain number of years and then to graduate up to 100 million after a certain number of years. That's the kind of funding we're looking at. And what we have right now is good enough for the next, you know, for the next two years mm-hmm. uh, until we get to the point where, um, where we get to the point of um, either winning or uh, becoming one of the digital insurers out there, then I think you know, then our capital requirements will 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 will, will go up, and, and we're confident of getting that. Malik, we've got a minute left here. Um, it's been around five years since you started this journey into insurance. Uh, where do you want to see? Fire life in five years, right? Because insurance is one part of financial services. There are many other parts out there. Do you see yourself focusing on insurance or branching out further? Um, we, I think the, it's not so much about, for me, it's what consumers, um, the, the whole vision of fire life is for people to achieve financial independence, you know, or at least, at the very least, remove financial anxiety from them, right? So I think that's that's our vision, and and to do that, we first start with a protection product. But I would love to be able, and some of, some of these product things to work either through ourselves or working with other people to offer products that are very very cost effective for them, not just to insure themselves and protect themselves, but also to invest and secure their financial future. That's the vision. And, you know, and that means, yes, getting involved in financial services. Uh, does it, you know, uh, does it, do we have to do everything? Not necessarily. We can, we can offload some to other, other folks. Malik, thank you so much for your time today. Okay, thank you. Thanks, Roshan. I've been speaking with Malik Ali, founder of Malaysian insured tech startup FireLife. Up next, we've got the 11 a.m. news bulletin and then her vantage. I'm Roshan Kanesan. Keep it here to BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.